What's up, people? What's up, guys? I just want everyone to know that I'm looking at Marla right now with a fat picture of her family in the background. And it's like the perfect aesthetic right now because Thanksgiving is coming up. And all I'm thinking about is Marla's family around the table smiling in this grassy picture. Libby has this idea in her head that I have a perfect family. And I'm really glad that's how she has it in her head because that is not the reality situation that's always how everyone feels though it's like you see your friends parents and you're like oh love you my second mom like there's no issues with you and it's like you don't live with them but exactly exactly first guest episode I know first guest episode of season two and we're really excited because it's it's gonna be a good one oh we're hype on we we hit all levels of conversation in this one and we really get to talk to um, someone who proclaimed himself as a previous schmuck boy to now major relationship guru, boyfriend of the year. Yeah, he's above. like the definition of a guy who is so emotionally unavailable, somehow becoming emotionally available. It's a real triumph. Shout out to the gal that made him do the switcheroo. But before we get into our wonderful guests this week, We need to give you some updates. And we actually had a very exciting weekend last weekend. What did we do, Libby? What did we have the honor of doing? We went to the Israeli-American Council event, Edge 2022. Oh, my God. Did I add an extra 20? 20? 20? No, No. No, Edge 2022. Why do I do that? It's a little bit of a a tongue twister. It's a a twister. Um, Yeah, and it was incredible because Marla no longer lives in the city, but the timing just, Hashem was on our side. He Mm -hmm. was like, the one weekend Marla comes to visit, I'm just going to make sure you both have this opportunity to speak. Um, And we got to speak with Tali Matetanyahu. We got to speak with Eliana Barbell, the foreplay girls, Danielle Dietzik and Julie Griggs. How exciting that, you know, you got to meet them in person too and just have an in-person convo about everything we do here that's not just BBYO. It was like BBYO was the perfect step up. Yeah, it's wild because, I mean, if you guys don't know, this com- this conference basically was for people in finance, high tech, philanthropy, real estate, but they also wanted to have a fun aspect to it. So they had this panel with women who have created dating apps and there's plenty of people they probably could have pulled to speak on dating but two of them happen to be people that we interviewed on season one so it was just like such a weird coincidence we love a weird coinky dink Mm -hmm. but yeah I think the conversation flowed really nicely we got to make some fun jokes here and there and mm-hmm. show our personality from the podcast yeah. online to in person you were, you were funny there bucko <laughs> oh my god that was that was so fun I've never said that word the context I said it into it just like worked mm-hmm. it was like you may you may say you want something but it's not you bucko <laughs> But yeah, we we talked about dating and dating apps and we had really positive feedback from everyone after our session. How about the people that came up to us after? There was this lovely married couple talking to us about 
the 50 year old scene and like how we should cover that age Mm -hmm. in our pod and I just love that people of that age are even interested in being involved with us so that's cool yeah actually if you do if you have anyone in your life that's and like an older adult who is single and dating and you know maybe what apps they're using or websites or things like that let us know because we want to do an episode on it this couple that we spoke to inspired us to maybe be like you know what we haven't talked about dating as like an older adult and you know we leave we need we'd love to have some like resources to um look into that 100%. yeah and it was also really cool to meet david yaris in person because mm-hmm. i feel like We've both kind of mentioned J-Swipe a bunch of times throughout the podcast or just within life. So Mm -hmm. being able to see like what he's done with that platform in the Jewish dating world too is really cool. Um, But yeah, that that was like a, a large update. It just also felt so natural to have conversations with people and find out the demographic of dating and age group and just it's cool to not just place us in like one age category Mm -hmm. you've seen in like the Jewish event space is cool. Yeah. It was such a cool experience. And it was just, I I feel like we both felt like it was so meaningful just to hear people's reactions after, because even though they weren't really there, the whole panel wasn't like a really towards people about dating. It really was more about like networking for like, 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 like I mentioned, like those other industries that are, have nothing to do with dating. So to hear people after the fact be like, oh, I loved your session. It was so good. It was my favorite session. I feel like we both were like, wow, this is so nice to hear. Yeah. So shout out to Noe for putting us mm-hmm. on and shout out to Neve for organizing such a great event. Um, we look forward to being a part of more soon. Yeah. It's the beginning of the beginning. So Now that we've done our weekend update, like they do in SNL, we can now do our, our uh, personal updates. Yes. So what's going on with you, girl? Any dates? What's it like being back in the city since you moved? Um, yeah. So for the context, I've been living in LA for almost three months, but while we're me and Libby are recording this, um, I'm back in New York visiting for Thanksgiving and my mom's birthday. Um, being in the city is nice. It's always nice to see friends and family and just, you know, get some time in because I feel like I'm probably not gonna be coming back to New York for a while. I don't have any current Planned trips back to that's not true because if something for schmuck boys was going on you would come maybe if they'd pay for my flight (laughs) you would come yes most likely we'll see whatever we don't know what the future holds but it's very nice being Uh, back in the city it's so funny because i feel like when i'm in la i i'm so happy enjoying the new lifestyle and the changes that are like different about living in LA that I don't honestly miss New York. I miss, you know, you, my friends, my family, but I don't miss living in New York. And then when I'm in New York, I'm like, ah, I kind of miss this, like that hustle, the bustle, the vibe, like you can just feel the energy, like walking down the street. And it's kind of like, I do, I do miss that. But I guess on the bright side is when I'm in LA, I don't feel that, you know, pull back home, which makes it easier to adjust. Um, and yeah, I mean, guy-wise, that is what we do on on, on these <laughs> relationship updates. Nothing really to write home about. Um, I mean, I've been dating since I got to LA. I've got on some dates, um, had some good experiences, 
fine experiences. Um, no one that's like serious. There was one guy where I was like, oh, maybe this could be something, but it didn't really pan out. Mm. Funny enough, I've talked to multiple guys who are like three different guys who are bad texters. And I'm like, why? Like three in a row. And I'm like, I'm someone that's too attached to their phone. So I You're know that's no a good texter. I'm, I just, no, but it's a problem. I don't want, like, I'm always on my phone, which is why I'm a good texter, but it's unhealthy. I need to spend less time on my phone. Okay, but I'm always on my phone and I answer, but I answer in like fake English. So I might as well not answer. I'm just like, yes. Yep. Mm, cool. You know, Libby long enough and you can like, I have another friend that's the same way. You can, you have to like decipher their text because there's usually like one or two typos, but it's fine because you know them long enough and you can figure out what I'll they're I'll be honest. Is. It's because I memorize the keyboard. So most of the time I'm not looking. Yeah. When Mul- I text. Queen of multitasking. Because I'm just like 288. HD to like not mm-hmm. I don't even know you know I'm just like I just always get into pulled into something else yeah or yeah. someone will be like can you hop on a call and I'm like sure and I'm like mid-text and I'm like yeah okay so like but if it's a work thing it's obviously so different no of course of course yeah so yeah um I gotta be better about that too <laughs> but yeah I mean I don't know yeah this I'm like talking to like one, maybe two guys I said texting, but like, we'll see if anything happens. I am, I feel like when I first got to LA, I was definitely like, ooh, like new boys to like get to know. And now I'm kind of like, okay, like, yes, I still want to date. I am want to find like someone, but I just moved here. Like, like I want to make down. friends. The hype is dead. No, it's not. Even, no, I wouldn't even say the hype is dead. Like, I'm still really excited about dating, but it's more like if I have the choice on a Thursday night to like spend time with people that I'm becoming friends with, or go on a first date, I'm like, no, I want to try to like continue to solidify the friendships that I've been making. And yeah. that only happens, you know, by spending time together in person. So yeah, I'm trying to focus more of my energy on making new friends, getting to know people, exploring LA, finding my next job because my contract is going to be ending in a couple months. Right, so. right. But dating's good. Nothing like it's going well. We'll see what happens. Nothing like nothing to report that's significant enough for the people to know. But um, it's going, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But you have you have fun weekend plans coming up. Yeah, it's Jack's birthday weekend, so we're going with a bunch of his friends, like fifteen of us, to a house in the Poconos, um, which will be super fun. And obviously, gave him all his birthday gifts before because I'm like, I'm not going to be with you like alone on your birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like everyone gather around and watch while I give yeah Jenny no 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 <laughs> um but yeah I actually one of the birthday gifts I'll share because I think this is really fun and like easy couple gift customized M&Ms one had his face on it one said happy birthday one said 24 and then one was like an inside joke like it was just so easy to do mm-hmm. they came really quickly just a fun gift, like yeah. good gift ideas if you're ever looking for something fun. That's cute. I like that. But yeah, super excited to do that. And then I will be starting a new job soon. More to come. Yeah. But- do you guys have like a fun itinerary plan for the weekend? Is it just kind of like you're seeing we'll what happens? Definitely be going to winery, um, maybe hibachi. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lots of like BBQ vibes. Mm-hmm. Get in, get in the kosher meat on Friday. So <laughs> we're super excited. 
Are there um, kosher places in the Poconos? We're picking up kosher food before mm-hmm. from Pomegranate. Is that the store? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Part of me is like, I feel like in the olden days, people used to talk about Jews going upstate. So like, yeah. Travel. So like maybe there's, co- I don't know. That's fine. I feel I like, mean, yeah. A lot of it is going to be food that we already have. Yeah. So. That's fine. I feel like upstate weekends in like the fall, winter time are like such fun like trips to do. And you have a good, like a good yeah. group of people, like 15. Like, It'll be a great group of people. And like, I'm very close with like the girlfriends going. Mm-hmm. So. It'll be nice. It'll just be like a fun little bond sesh mm-hmm. uh, as long as I figure out what to pack. SOS, if you guys have any packing tips, but like this will be after the trip. But I guess <laughs> just in general, any packing trips, tips, trips, tips, <laughs> trip, tips, packing trip tips for going away with like a big group of people. Like what what do you pack? Because I overpack. So just curious for the squad, if you guys have any suggestions. Um, And then I will be going to Miami soon for a chosen comedy festival. And then end of December, I'm going to the Bahamas. So there's a lot happening. Yeah, that's so fun. You want to wait, tell people a little bit more about maybe chosen comedy festival. Yeah. So I'm kind of helping out with some of the influencer partnerships and social videos to promote it. Basically, the Chosen Comedy Festival was started by Donnie Zoldan, head of Stand Up New York. And essentially, he has started this, I would say, like revolutionized this whole Jewish comedy festival, um, which started in Coney Island. You went to Marla. Mm -hmm. We actually met a lot of people from there. Um, And it's going on tour because it was so successful. So the next one is in Miami. Elon Gold and Modi are going to be the hosts. Same as before. Performer is going to be there. And you seen Black will be there. You know, Jared Freed was there last time. Like, it's honestly going to be really great. Um, And shout out to Ali for connecting me in the first place. Really excited to be on. It was so funny when we met. It was so good. Wait, what are the dates? December 14th is the show. Um, And yeah, if any influencers are listening and like want to get involved, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, Or in general, if you want to be involved in some capacity, you want to share things, you're going to be in Miami and you want to meet up, let's do it. If you want more details on the Chosen Comedy Festival, feel free to DM me. You can message Chosen Comedy Fest. C-H-O-S-E-N-C-O-M-E-D-Y-F-E-S-T on Instagram and check them out there. Um, The link is in that bio. And then, yeah, we would love to see there. And what else? I mean. I think it's all the updates that I got. But funny enough, our next guest. Eric Newman. Woo. And he actually will also be performing at the Chosen Comedy Festival. So make sure to get your tickets so you can see him live and tune into the episode. All right. So meet Eric Newman, comedy extraordinaire, known to be one of the fastest rising stand-up comedians in the U.S. In February 2022, he made his late night debut on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon on NBC. 
and he has recorded three albums specials nervous lover just a phase and most recently but enough about me a crowd work album and now he will also be doing the chosen comedy festival to come so give it up for eric newman you just did a little dance oh yeah oh yeah we're very excited to have you i think it's our first comedian um technically like official comedian i think so right my stepdad would identify himself as a comedian just like because he thinks he's funny at like parties, you know? Right, right. But, My mom also says that humor is hereditary and says right. that I'm indebted to her, but Ooh. I disagree. So, <laughs> but I will say to everyone who doesn't know, Eric and I are bonded due to Jewish mothers because that's actually how we connected through TikTok slash social media, through my own Jewish mom persona, and through what you've told me, that was like the origin of your first jokes were like very like Jewish mom oriented. Yeah. And I think during TikTok, I think when we met, I think I was like still posting stuff about like my mom, like mom yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah, we were very, we were very in the same realm. And obviously I've gotten to see you grow, which has been great. And so how we usually do things here at Schmuck Boys, we give a relationship status update of the week. Uh, well, yeah, whatever you want. I mean, I could, yeah, I can go. I'm not, you know. Yeah, give to- us your relationship update, Eric. I have an actual girlfriend. Woo! Did everyone hear that? Yeah, finally. Actual, actual girlfriend. Um, didn't want to have one. Uh, <laughs> Tried very hard at all costs not to, but yeah, then, you sound like uh, every man out there. Sorry, Jed. I know, um, but uh, no, but I was like really, really done, like, or I thought I was really, 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 like, actually done, like, like there's no girl that could come along that could change my mind, kind of thing. And then I was like, oh, f-. so oh, uh, schmuck. Yeah. here, oh schmuck, yeah, yeah, I'm such a schmucking schmuck, but uh, but. <laughs> So, so basically um, you were a schmuck boy. You're admitting that you were a schmuck boy. You were not down. You were very much trying not to be in a relationship, very much at relationship age maturity level wise, but not ready to like actually do the thing. My mom would say way past age maturity. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wasn't, I, I really wasn't. And then like, I just like, I kind of was like, I, I kind of felt like I need somebody to like really push against that to consider it. And I kind of, someone, I just met someone, you know, out of nowhere, uh, who DMs me. Um, she hates that. I say she made the first move, but she didn't, she did. Oh, that's spicy. I love, I'm a big proponent of shooting your shot. So I love that. Oh, yeah. No, but me especially. In, I, um, it wasn't Wait, like, but a, what was the DM though? Was it like a comedy DM or was it like a hit on DM? No, it was a comedy DM. Um, which is like the only reason where reason I actually responded to it. Cause like at this point I'm getting like a lot of like, I totally understand what you women go through now. Like I, I've sort of experienced it like a a lot of it in the last like years or two specifically. Oh no, poor Eric getting hit on. Uh Oh, I know, but it is like, it is cause like, even like, I, I, I know you're being sarcastic, which I don't appreciate it all of you, but, uh, I know it's all love. I know, I know, I know. I'm, just, I'm totally kidding. No, but but the, the truth is, is like I sometimes I feel like people are just like girls after shows, like or girls who like want to come to shows. They'll be sometimes I'll get DMs like, uh, "Hey, uh, like I really want to come to the show." Oh, it looks like you're not single. Like, never mind or whatever. And I'm like, "Well, do you want to come see my comedy, or do That's you want to just like 
bluntly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, oh, we'll so, get into those later too, because yeah, that is rude. I don't like that, but thank you for including that in your update. Cause now we know what to ask later. So, so anyway, so like, I, I kind of like, at first I was like really excited about it. Cause I was like, Oh shit. Like girls make the first move. I, I didn't, I didn't even know. I didn't even realize Humble that, that 101 in your DMS. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Like I, I used to think like when I was growing up that like cell phone plans only like, like girls were only, only had a setting where they were allowed to respond to messages. They weren't allowed to. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that like existed. And then like, I started to like get like a lot of DMS and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is like, definitely, it definitely gets tiring, you know? And it's like, and at first I was like excited about it kind of. And then I was like, ah, and most of the time I'd get a DM, it would be from somebody that like, I wasn't like really into or like whatever. And like, sometimes I'd be like, oh yeah, like they're super attractive. Like, let's see where it goes. And a lot of the time it just like, wouldn't go anywhere. Or like, I just like, wouldn't want it to, or it just, we didn't click. And so I was like, and, and I've never been on a dating app before, truthfully ever. So like, wow. yeah. That's so, tea. Say it again for the people in the back. I've never been on a dating app. Wow. Okay, 35 years. 35 you really 35? didn't want a relationship that's for sure no, yeah, 35 years did. of pure no dating app no dating app. i mean they only existed for the last like eight years of my life but um but but yeah no i i never i've never been on dating app and like i it's everybody seems to hate them even the people who have found success on them seem to hate them so like i was just like ah like it's not for me or whatever it felt like too forced like mm-hmm and, and, and I also felt like, da- I feel like dating apps, like I always like shot, my, like, like we were talking about this just now, like how, how Marla, you said, like, you love how she shot, shot her shot. And like, I, I agree. I agree with that. And like, I always did that. Like I always asked girls out always. And I got rejected so much more than most people because of that. But like, I always went for it. And because I like, kind of like really like worked on the courage to do that and live that type of life, I think in some way I kind of became a little resentful of dating apps because I was like, I was like, guys, like just schmucking ass girls out. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's the comedian in you. You're like, I have no shame. Yeah, exactly. And most guys can't do it. Most friends of mine to this day who are like older than me, like, like we'll have a mutual friend that they like, or they think is cute. And I'll be like, why don't you just like ask her out? Like you met her before. He's like, I don't like know her like that. I'm like, I don't know. Cringe. I can't. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to know somebody like that to ask her out. Like that's the point is like you 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 talk to them, you introduce yourself, and then you right. say like like you know you just say like hey, do you want to like get coffee sometime, a drink sometime, whatever it is. You know, it doesn't matter what the activity is. Like I've actually met more girls. I spend like a lot of time. Well, this is a lot too much tea, probably. This right? is the biggest update we've had, Marlon. I are just sitting here like, give us more, give us more. Oh, because the the truth is, is like I. I spent like I've met more girls like during the day, like doing like very mundane activities. Than right. You talk I, to them at the gym, get a coffee, whatever. Exactly. Like, a lot of like, like I like, have friends at Dunkin'. I have friends at my favorite restaurant. I know you. You're a social guy. Like, so I understand if I were male that I probably would be the same way. I'm just exactly. not and, male. And, I'm female. <laughs> you are we did everybody we all noticed that living so everybody knows eric was not on a dating app and i am female I'm female that's it and then they're like and then everybody nobody's surprised which one are people gonna be more surprised about literally <laughs> um no but but, but the, yeah how long are you dating though can can you give us that how long has it been for, what was uh, the timeline almost four months so we st- okay so she hit me up in may so here's the truth i'll tell you the quick story so 
She, um, she's a. I don't uh, think any Jew knows how to tell a quick story. Oh yeah, you're right. But my quick story, an hour and a half of every detail. Eric, be like, I only have thirty minutes. <laughs> Let me answer one question with twenty minutes. Oh shit! Should I stop then? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm making right. jokes. So, I thought okay. you were a comedian. No, 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 no. Oh right. No, you're not female. I'm not a comedian. There's, there's. there's there's a lot there, that people don't understand. There's some miscommunication. We're having some technical difficulties. Um, no, but the thing is, is like, so I, so she DM me in like May. She's a yeah. younger comedian. And I immediately am like no comedians. And I've had that as a hard rule my entire career. Like I literally haven't hooked up with one comic. I've sexted with a couple or whatever, like where, but then I realized it was like so stupid and I like stopped it. And this one, so she hit me up and she asked for advice, just like advice about the business or whatever, because she's 25 and I'm 35. So she's like, oh, I know you're like established. I just have like, I need some advice or whatever. And I was like, no problem. So I agreed to meet for coffee. Did not look at it as a date, but like halfway through, I was like, oh, this is like fun. Like I'm having a good time. Right. Uh, said goodbye. Like, like walked her, she walked me to my city bike, uh, which is, uh, that, that's how you know I wasn't taking it seriously at all is that I made her walk me to my city bike. But, um, but, uh, I, uh, electric, by the way, I always go electric. But, um, uh, so, so she walks, walks me to my city bike and I basically like, then like afterwards we're like texted or she like hits me up and goes like, Oh, like, here's my number just so we can like text or whatever. Gives me your number. We start texting and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I just had this. I'm like, let's go for another drink sometime or whatever. I was like, I wasn't really thinking. I was like, I don't know if it's a date. I don't know if it's not whatever. We were joking about whether it was a date or not. I don't know. Up in the air type vibe. Very up in the air. And I was like, let's go for a drink sometime. And then I just like deaded it. I was like, not in any like, like purposeful way. I was just like, kind of like, ah, it's probably like a bad idea, like whatever. So then she like texted me a week later or something. And I was like, um, She's probably going to kill me for telling all this, but I was like, uh, no, but I have love for her. So it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I hope yeah, she knows yeah. she's in a good environment. It's safe. No, it's, it's a very safe, safe environment. Um, and except that I'm here, otherwise it's a very safe <laughs> environment. But, um, but she, so, so she was just like, so then we, then we, so she texted me, we talked a little bit more and then we found out we were going to be actually coincidentally on the same show. It was actually the night of my birthday party. It was like a 5 PM show at the comic strip uptown. Oh, and, um, uh, long story short, she ended up having this close friend of hers from college who came with her, who turns out I ended up trying to pick up at the vaccination site um, for my first shot. Uh, it was at the Museum of Natural History, coincidentally. And she's like, oh, God. like That, I is, that is such a sentence. Picking up a girl at your COVID vaccine shot at the Natural History Museum. Yeah, yeah. Wait, exactly. Continue. I, I'm hooked. You got me hooked. Keep going. Yeah. Basically, the only thing that get me to go to a museum, by the way. And also... Um, I, uh, okay. So, so that didn't work out with the girl or whatever, but I went on stage and I started talking about it. I'm like, you're that girl who ghosted me after the vaccination site. Like, Cause I like, texted her once or twice. She like stopped, stop answering whatever. So I, 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 I pointed it out, did some crowd work. The whole table was laughing. All of her, Jen's friends, Jen's my girlfriend. And so afterwards I was like, do you guys want to come to my birthday party? Like, like just come through. And I was having it at this back room of a bar, uh, in Midtown and they came through and then like, I, kind of left my own birthday. I kind of realized I, I wasn't really thinking about her romantically at all. And then during my birthday party, somehow I started realizing, I'm like, I, I think I really like this girl. Like, I don't know. It just like kind of hit me. And I, I left my own birthday party, left all my friends behind to basically try to hook up with her. And cause she, her and her friends left and they were like, tell me oh, she rejected you. Tell me she rejected, rejected you. Me. And, 
And she it. goes, she goes, because I said it was midnight and I was like, do you want to go for a drink? And she's like, I'm not, you should go back with your friends. And then the next day I was like, why didn't you go for a drink? And she's like, you're clearly trying to hook up with me who asked for a girl for a drink at midnight. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And, and honestly, the reason she hooked, reject, like if we would have, if we would have hooked up that night, like it probably wouldn't have gone further than that. Okay. And so she, rejected, she rejected me. She made the right move. And then like, for then I then I went on a flight to LA the next day for a week and that whole next week I was like thinking about her we were texting and whatever and like constantly at this point I was like FaceTiming her and then by the time I got back we like hung out a couple times more and then hooked up and then so we hooked up wait the- what did you, timeline you guys went on tour together for those who don't know so yeah. this was prior to the tour that you were seeing each other so okay this is so June 30th. So this all happened like between like May and June 18th and June like 20 something. Um, I asked her in that week that I was in LA that we were like FaceTiming and hanging out. We hadn't established that like anything was really going to happen between us, but it was definitely flirty and all that. Mm-hmm. And I invited her. And just as a comic, I was like, I'm doing Tampa and Fort Lauderdale. She's from Fort Lauderdale. That's where her family lives. I, I'm like, I'm doing Tampa and Fort Lauderdale, July 10th and 11th. Why don't you come do guest spots? I was like, I've never had a girl on tour. Like, like, let's just, let's, let's see how it goes. You feminism. Know, whole... What? I said feminism. You said yeah, you've never had a girl on like, tour. I have so many female fans. I was like, they'll really like love it. They'll appreciate it. I'm like, they'll relate to her a lot. I'm like, this will be great. And so that was July 10th, July 11th was when we were planning to go. I'm, I love how he knows the dates. I don't like relationships. So July 11th at 2.36 p.m. I'm autistic with dates and Dawson's Creek quotes. That's about it. But anyway, so, um, so June, June 30th, we ended up hooking up and then it was July 4th weekend. That was July 4th weekend. It was like June 30th, like July 1st, July 2nd. July 3rd. I literally stayed. I'm a guy who can't, I, I haven't made it through the whole night at a girl's place. Like since my ex, there, I, I, I can't do it. I just have like serious intimacy issues. Like I can't do it. I literally slept at her place for four nights in a row, the entire July 4th weekend. I would stay with her the whole day. I would go to the comedy cellar at night. I would come back to her place, sleep there, go to the cellar the next day, come back. Like I did that the whole weekend. And I was like, oh shit, something's like going on here. This You're is like, like, obviously if I can stick around, like that's for a yeah, reason. Exactly. And like, so then we kind of like, we're like, oh shit. Like the, we haven't even gone on tour yet and we're already hooking up whatever. And like, and then, and then when we went on tour, we stayed at her family's place in Fort Lauderdale, me and the rest of the comics, which was scheduled to happen anyway, even before her and I started hooking up and, um, and at her like childhood, uh, house, I like asked her if she wanted to be my girlfriend and, and there we go. So now we're four months in and, uh, cause so. I was shocked when I saw it, I was like, Oh my God, I didn't even know, but this is like the perfect match. So I'm very happy That's for cute. you. Very happy for you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. So let's get into (laughs) some more details, not necessarily about your relationship, but kind of like you as a whole. How did you get into comedy? And also, what would you define as maybe like a defining moment in your comedy career? Good question. Got into comedy. uh, I was 20. I started at a new talent show, which is like you have to bring friends to perform uh, uh, at the comic strip. That was in February 2008. I like stole jokes from a joke book and did them on stage basically. And uh, so I did that and then like sort of worked my way up through the club system. Like when I started stand, this is crazy. This was only 15, 14, 15 years ago. Like 
nobody like there wasn't TikTok, there wasn't Instagram, there there we have Facebook, but there wasn't really like a way to like post clips on just like status updates and sh- and you know stuff like that. Um, and so I really I'm like kind of the last generation of comedians to just try to work my way up through the club system where like mm-hmm. you audition for the booker and you know it's it's not that that doesn't exist anymore but now it's like oh i saw this person's clip they're hilarious like let me book them or let me bring, bring them in for an audition where it's like right or that it was really just like more word of mouth like mm-hmm. um so i did that defining moment in my career i have definitely two so far um one is getting into the comedy cellar like that was definitely something that meant the world to me and i cried hysterically when it happened and that was in may 2019 so i've been there three and a half years now um most nights that i'm in manhattan i perform there and then uh and then the second actually happened this february uh i was on the tonight show so i would say those are two it's hard to like pinpoint which one's more important maybe one one help certainly help the other um but those are definitely two like if i think back in the last 15 years those are the two things that come to mind Mm-hmm. that's awesome and tell us just like a quick tidbit how did you get the opportunity to be on the tonight show like what was that process like um it it, it happened like actually you know a late night set is one i wanted forever and uh tonight show specifically and like it didn't even feel possible in any way but now over the years i've had so many friends who have been on and you know i've seen them grow and get those opportunities that, uh, I, you know, I always was of this mindset, like, sure, you have to try, like, you always have to put effort forth, and you always have to go for it. But I always also have this other idea about how things work in the world. And it's sort of like, yeah, but they know who they want. And so for, for years, I kind of just, you know, first few years, I kind of tried to get a late night set, couldn't get one. And then I kind of just gave, not gave up, but I was just like, all right, like, I'm just going to focus on being as great on stage as I possibly can be and not focus so much on this this tangible thing that like I truly don't have like full control over right I mean so um but then like a year ago or less than that maybe uh, oh almost a year ago it was like last Thanksgiving uh a friend of mine said she recommended me to uh to the tonight show or um and then uh sent me the email of the booker and said like oh I highly recommended you I said you'd be great for the show send the booker an email and I sent the booker an email and he was like uh, oh, I've heard your name a bunch from a lot of people. Wow. Um, he goes, send me a tape. I sent him a tape that I filmed. I filmed five minutes, tape five minutes at the Comedy Cellar, sent it to him. Um, and uh, and he said like, oh, you can't do this joke. You can't do that joke. This is too dark or this isn't good for our audience or whatever. I was like, great, I'll scrap those two. Let me like send you a new tape, send him a new tape. And within the time I sent him the new tape and I was on the tonight show was probably a span of like a month. Um, so it, it, it happened really Pretty slow. Quick. That's a really fast turnaround. Yeah, it was very, very fast. And so it, in one way it happened really slow, right? Cause it's taken me 15 years, 14 years to get mm-hmm. on late night. But, but, but to the time that I actually like submitted, it was real quick. Um, I found out officially, I found out that I would, that I got it, but I found out my official date uh, one day before. 
So, uh, so I had to wow. I didn't even get a chance to have everybody I wanted in the audience who I, you know, I, I was up to, I was, I think I was allowed up to four guests and I was only able to bring two because it was like a 20, it was like a 24 hour notice and you had to get the COVID test turnaround and whatever. So like it actually happened like really, really quickly. And I, I, I loved it. I had a blast and Vulture wrote this amazing article about me. How I was like the number one, the second best moment of late night TV that week after like I think like Billie Eilish's moment was like third. It was like, it was so crazy. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and it's, it's helped me for sure. Um, that with my growing social media fan base, I think I sort of like the two together have like combined forces and given me like better opportunities and, uh, and it's been good. It's been good. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So. That's awesome. You're right about a lot of celebrities or not celebrities, comedians that, have gotten famous on like Instagram, TikTok have now been able to have their debuts, which is fun. Cause now it's like, you're seeing, you get to see people that you've been following online for the past couple of years. And now you get to see them in person. Yeah, um, totally. Totally. Okay. So can you tell us about a time that you bombed? I can tell you about many times that I've bombed. Um, you have a favorite time that you bombed. <laughs> I think that's the wrong word. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's see. Or like got in trouble for saying the wrong thing by like a girl. I definitely have bombs that hurt more. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, there's been a few that have really. Oh, so there was one. This isn't really exactly like a regular standard comedy set bomb, but. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this whole like thing trend now, roast battle, and it's kind of died down as far as popularity goes. But two comedians just sort of go at it, like prepare jokes and and rip on each other. Have you said? Yeah, seen I've it? seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I did like maybe I think I've done five of them or something. Uh, I'd never like to do another one again in my career, but <laughs> um, but I did one against not a really good friend of mine, but somebody who like yeah I've known in comedy for a few years and whatever. So him and I went at it. And we were like the main event. They always have like uh, two like rounds and then we were the main event. And both of us were just fucking schmucking bombing, like, like really bombing. It was like, it was like, um, I don't know if you ever see the movie Rocky, but at the end, like him and Apollo were in the ring and they're just like so tired in the 15th round. They're just like both like missing each other. Like they're just not even like. They're de de delirious, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, so him and I, him and I were just like, it, it was like, it was just, we were just missing. Like every joke was just bombing. Mm -hmm. There were three comics on the panel that judge and like kind of give feedback at the end and talk about, oh, he was great. He was and they were just roasting us so badly. And it was like, so it was, we were dealing with the pain of bombing for the crowd. Already the crowd being like, these people are not funny. These mm -hmm. two and with the added element of then being roasted by like our colleagues or like kind of our friends, but like roasting us like harshly. And I remember it was a Thursday before Labor Day weekend. Uh, sorry, I can't give you the exact date, but it was probably like, probably like August 29, 2015. And, uh, and what a weirdo, this guy, I can't. <laughs> it was definitely 2015 and it was the Thursday before Labor Day weekend. So I'm assuming maybe that's like August 29th, August 30th. I don't know. Anyway, so um, remember dates and Dawson's Creek lines. Um, and so I remember that whole weekend I was with my ex at her uh, Jersey house 
And I remember I was in bad shape the whole weekend. Like I didn't enjoy a single second of like the beach weekend meals. Everything was just a waste of money because I wasn't in it at all. I was just like really depressed. And I was like, I'm not funny. Like I suck. Like I am. I've killed so many times now. Like at this point I've gotten into such a rhythm with how I am on stage that like, I just like know what I'm doing and I feel comfortable. Um, but the, but even as early as seven years ago, six years ago, even as recent as seven years ago, five years ago, four years ago, whatever, when I bombed, now I'm not saying bombs still don't hurt, but they're very, most of the time, if I'm going to bomb now, I'm like, it's probably not my fault. Like it's probably mm-hmm. just on the exterior, like some factor in the room that like is out of my control or whatever. Yeah. I really do feel like I have like a sort of an array of like, like tools up there where like, I'm like, all right, if this doesn't work, I'll do this. If this doesn't, you know, whatever. So if I really can't get it, I'm usually like, okay, maybe just rare on a rare occasion. I just don't have it that night Mm -hmm. or like, there's a lot going on, but back then, like it takes a long time to really, really gain like sort of an unbreakable confidence in comedy. So like, so I think I was just, yeah, I think those hits just hurt so badly. And that was one that like, particularly I remember being really hurt by. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. So then back to the dating, what do you think about being funny and also being in a relationship? And especially since you said you don't usually date comedians, like what is that dynamic? Like, do you feel like it gets in the way of dating at all? You know, I thought it was, and I think it was just like in my head and I'm dating particularly someone who like, she's very she's like more mature way more mature than i was at her age and like maybe even because girls mature faster girls mature much faster and i mature extremely slow so it's like we kind of found like a comfort level here but it's like she like she doesn't have that like what i just mentioned to you where like i went four days in a depression over a bomb she's very like i bombed I mean, she does very well usually, but like if she has an off show, she's just like, didn't go well, hurts for 20 minutes. It's Good over. mindset. You're saying. Yeah. yeah. And that's very mature and something that I wasn't really able to emotionally process in that way, especially at that time in my life. Sure. So, um, yeah. And then in regards to like, if you make a joke or whatever, like it, it's not like, oh my God, like this isn't a funny moment, Eric, like. It's just a serious dating conversation. Like, do you feel like your jokes would get in the way of like a serious? You know, that so we were on like when we go on vacation. Sometimes, like, we have a lot of fun and we laugh a lot together. But like sometimes, like I, I, I go through very like serious moods and then also like very like playful, um, like super playful, like like giddy, silly moods. And so like sometimes it just doesn't match up. Like sometimes like I'm like too serious when she's like in the mood to be playful and like whatever. And like, which isn't as big of a deal. She's just like, ah, whatever. But the other one, like when I'm, I'm definitely like a little sillier than she is on like, uh, I think on the average. Eric's like, I'm funnier. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I just like think like, I'm like more like just like stupid, like and silly and like making like remarks all day long. Like most boys, most boys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think like I think like sometimes when she's in like more of a serious mood and I make a joke, she's like she's like, all right, like we don't have to like joke all the time, like whatever. Mm-hmm. I get it, you're right, we don't. Um, but do you do you feel like it like in terms of like if you wanted to do a bit about something that was related to like your relationship, 
Is that cool? Is that not? You feel cool? comfy doing that, or you like have to ask and make it? I'll tell you what. If 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 I if I if I don't feel like I can, I'm definitely not in the right relationship. Um, I that's, that's a know. very very big part. Like I I need um my my first album was basically about in 2018 was basically about my ex my ex um my second album was like about my childhood my third album which never ended up being released we recorded at the comedy cellar but the sound got up so we schmucked up so we never ended up um uh it doesn't really make sense it doesn't really matter if i if i were correct myself with schmucked if i keep saying the f word first like my my third my one that i performed, performed at the cellar was basically about my breakup so that was essentially about my ex mm-hmm. now i'm really working on stuff about her um where i'm in the very beginning stages of it but i already have probably like five minutes on her or something like that maybe six mm-hmm. um so there's certainly things i ask because like i tend to go very deeply personal in my stand-up and so mm-hmm. um sometimes i'm like hey is this okay you know i always ask if i feel like maybe it's not if it's a stretch yeah exactly but but honestly, like a lot of my materials about her. So like, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I think she likes it, and I think she. Uh, mm-hmm. I think when she hears a new bit about her that that lands, I think she's like super excited about it. Yeah, yeah. What about so when it comes to maybe other people in your life, like family or friends, do you ever give them a heads up or ask before making a joke about them, or you normally just do it? Um, I usually do. Like, if it's something that I feel is like really embarrassing, I'll like change the name or something. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I want to keep the name on purpose just because like people are like. Why couldn't you change the name? I'm like, I could have. <laughs> <laughs> like I easily could have. I just decided not to. Um, yeah. but uh but 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 when it's somebody who I really have respect for, like I I I'm I'm usually like I'll text them like, hey, is it cool? I'll be honest talk? with you, that's my biggest fear of stand-up comedy right now is finding the middle grounds between I play characters and it's funny and people love it. Yeah. But the second yeah. those characters become real life people, which they are inspired by, I don't want to offend anybody. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, the truth is, though, we've all like, you know, used people as our um, inspiration for characters, bits, material, characters in movies that we're writing, you mm-hmm. know, parts that we, you know, like, like everything's uh, everything's based off someone. Right. So it's right. like, I mean, you shouldn't you kind of need to. At the end of the day, we're artists and we need to get our art out there. So like, I obviously try to be respectful, but like, I don't really owe any, but like, I look at it as like. You're also in a different point in your career now where it's like anybody who knows you, who's in your life already knows like, oh, like this is Eric, my friend who's done comedy for 15 years, you know? So exactly. it's exactly. definitely different when you start out, like finding right. the ground. And you're, you're early twenties, right? So I think 24. like 24, right? Yeah. So as you keep developing and growing in your career, you're going to be that same person in their lives, right? Where she's going to be like, oh, that's what Libby does. She talks about us. And it's like, yeah, down, they're down if they're not. And by the way, if they're not down, it's probably someone you don't want around that much longer anyway, right? Like, I mean, like, ultimately, ultimately, we all, we should only have people in our lives that we surround ourselves with or who are positive, who are uplifting people, right? Who like, who like, who like really like help us like rise and not bring us down. So when you're an artist and your art means the world to you, it, it applies the same way. I mean, like either there are people who are going to help you with that or people who are going to hurt it. And like those people who are going to hurt it or who you feel really weird about talking about them or whatever, there's probably like, there's probably. I feel I, it's weird. Cause like I'm at, I'm at the stage where I feel like 
so comfortable mocking them as character. Like it's so easy. So it's like figuring out the boundary of how to not and how to make my parents not disown me. Love you, mom. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So your mom's um, not because and, and if she because does, mom is not Cheryl Cohen. Not my mom is not Cheryl <laughs> Cohen. You should you make that, that could be the next day. If you had like a spinoff podcast, that would be like good. <laughs> Love it. Okay, let's get into Judaism. How has Judaism fit into your life within doing comedy? What has that been like for you? It's sort of like whether I talk about it or not, it's, it's, uh, and I always talk about it, not or not. It, there's never been a time mm-hmm. I haven't talked about it, but uh, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just the underlying drive. It's just, uh, it's always there. It's, it's, I, I've almost felt closer to it as, I, as my career keeps building because I go to places where there are a lot, oftentimes no Jews in the crowd. And these are my fans. Like these are, these are 150 people who came out to see me specifically right. and mm-hmm. are Jews. Because yeah. like you're great for Jewish representation for sure. Like I've been to a show of yours where you're like, where are the Jews? Like, well, yeah, nothing. And, and it's then, very, yeah. and, and it's very surreal and coming from a place, you know, like New York where really where I, primarily did stand up for the first 12, 13 years of my career. I was like almost nowhere else for 12 years. It was just, there's not a single show in New York that I've done where there hasn't been juice in the crowd. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden I'm going all over to Royal Oak, Michigan, 160 people were Eric Newman fans and not a single Jew is like insane to me. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel closer and makes me feel hopeful that like, okay, cool. Like if I can relate to like lesbians in, in Houston, Texas, who have never met a Jew before enough where they're actually going to like buy a ticket to see me. Like, Oh, you shit, feel like, like you're okay. like working up Judaism. Exactly. Like, like, cool. yeah, like, like, Oh, cool. Like I could show you that not all Jews are like, like Hasidic or like not cool or like whatever the hell you like think of us in your head, whatever at. their interpretation of Jew is yeah. like, I feel the yeah. same way. You're kind of just showing like Jews are funny. And yeah, like, exactly. we don't just talk about just being Jewish that can mm-hmm. make us funny. Like you as an We're not all just like right. nerdy little short dudes or like whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like Whatever they might think. Yeah. yeah. You what? I said whatever they might think. They might say yeah, exactly, exactly. more up, but exactly. yeah, I, I totally get what you mean about almost like feeling closer to Judaism too. Like the more you put yourself out there, you're like, I'm openly a Jewish creator and the the more I blow up or whatever it might be, like the more I'm boosting the religion as a whole. And then in regards to dating and being Jewish, like was that ever something you had to consider? Like, okay, I have to marry Jewish. Like, obviously we know your girl is Jewish, but is that important Um, to you? So I'll tell you, like I, um, I've gone through phases in my life where it wasn't, wasn't, I think growing up, I wasn't really around any, like I went to all public school. Most of most of my friends in high school were black. Like I went to a like a really like like tough uh, public school for high school, and like most of my friends were like Bloods and Crips. Like honestly, so it's like the like I I found like the closest to a white girl, Puerto Rican girl in the school, and I was like I'm in love with her. Like it was like it was almost like that like kind of thing. Like right. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and then, so, so it wasn't even like in my mind at that point, you know, like I, my, my crush in middle school was Puerto Rican. My crush in high school was Puerto Rican. Um, 
I went yeah. to college and like, I just, uh, I was like, I, then, so then I went to college and had a religious phase mm-hmm. um, for about four or five years. And I was really, only, yeah. And I was only going, I was only going for like, like I was like in like the Syrian community, like most. Are of my, you Syrian? I'm not Syrian, but most of my friends in college were, and I was like, my boyfriend's to, Syrian. Really, really? I love the Syrians. Syrians are great. What's his last name? Shio. Yeah, okay, okay. I don't know that last name, but um, from Brooklyn. Yes, he's okay, in. Cool. Yeah, it's long distance. Very long distance. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and during the summer, does he go to Deal? more long distance okay yeah so i spent so much time in those communities and like it was like dating i dated uh like a lot of uh, a bunch of syrian girls not not seriously but you just give like, me that vibe like you definitely dated the syrians back in oh, the yeah, day. No, i did i did and then i realized like i'm like this isn't my community at all like this isn't for me at all i'm like nice girls and you know whatever but yeah. like i just didn't grow up that way so like just yeah. wasn't not that you can't make it work if you didn't but like for me i was like what am i doing right. and and then I dated a Persian girl for about six months from Grey Neck. Um, and, and so then I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden I dated, my ex was not, wasn't Jewish. She was Italian from New Jersey. So like I dated her for six years and kind of like removed myself from religiosity and like that community that I sort of like built all these when relationships. Dating her. When dating her. Yeah. Because like they wouldn't accept her. And right. so, uh, you know, um, so I kind of removed myself, but I think maybe I purposely removed myself a little bit, you know, I was mm-hmm. kind of for now. It made it easier mentally for you to do that because you probably subconsciously knew you wanted to be with someone Jewish. Exactly. And like, and, and I think, but I think I knew I wasn't going to be like observant. Right. Right. I wasn't going to be in a community where like, I was like observing Shabbat every Friday and Saturday. You're like a community aspect Jew is what you're saying. Like that's where you feel connection. Love the community wasn't really too deep into the religion, although I tried Mm -hmm. like, and so then, um, so then after my ex and I broke up, um, I, you know, I was having like issues with like the whole, like going to baptisms and stuff like that. That's where I started to feel Mm -hmm. really weird. Like, Christmas trees and all that stuff. I was like, I was like, I'm not, not against anybody who does it. People make intermarriage. It just wasn't you. It wasn't what you were looking for in your future. It wasn't me. And my brother's uh, married to somebody who's not Jewish. And I know a lot of people who are whatever, but like, I started to realize like, this does mean a lot to me. Um, maybe I kind of dodged a bullet here. And, mm-hmm. like, and then I met my girlfriend she's Jewish. And like, I wasn't really like, I wasn't again I wasn't even looking to date really I was like kind of just focused on comedy um and had like a a number of like you know flings or whatever and like didn't really care about like what religion they were or whatever because I knew I was Mm -hmm. anyway but then but then um when I met my girlfriend I was like I I didn't think I, I didn't think it was really possible to go forward uh with someone very seriously who wasn't Jewish at this point in my life I, I, I didn't, I don't think that was. No, really thank you for not, sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people go through kind of like a roller coaster as they, like, especially as we get older and trying to figure out how Judaism is going to fit into our lives. Is it important? Is it not important? And because it's like growing up, you do whatever you were taught with your parents. You don't really have to think about it for yourself. And then you like become an adult living on your own and you're all of a sudden you're, you have to decide for yourself, okay, I'm not living with my parents anymore. So I don't have to do these things, but do I want to do these things? And I think it's so normal for a lot of people to fluctuate. Like Libby knows like my family grew up conservative Judaism and I'm still that, but my sister and brother are actually both the Shuvas and they're both more religious now. And they chose that completely on their own. 
Um, so people kind of go in waves. I think it's really normal that everyone goes through that. Um, and kind of connecting Judaism to comedy, obviously Jews make jokes about Judaism and Jewish people, even like non-Jewish people also non-Jewish comedians make jokes about Jews and Jewish people has, and I think for the most part, Jews, like we have tough skin when it comes to Jewish jokes, like people can make jokes that may be offensive, but like, we'll still laugh at them. But has there ever been a joke someone made about Judaism that offended you? And how did you react to it? Or for the most part, you're like, no, it's fine. I remember um, being with my exes, you know, like with, with my, and again, I feel very comfortable in circumstances where there's no Jews because I grew up, you know, like in school, there was no Jews. So like, I felt very, I felt completely fine. We grew up very similarly. So I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so like, I, like you guys, you know, I, I sort of just like, was like, I thrived in those situations, but, um, sometimes comments will be made. And like, I was with my ex one time at her friends, uh, at her friends, like Jersey shore house. And like some dude got drunk, like one of her, uh, close friends, boyfriends got really drunk and just kept making like comments about Jews. And I was like, we're cool. But like, and I known him for a few years and we had a good relationship, but I was like, it was like, sometimes like someone like says one too many comments, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, all right, like the first few were like, all right, fine. Like, dude, you're it, just relax now. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, you just never know how far it could go. Like, yeah, when not Jewish, you just never know how far it will go. And I knew how sensitive I was towards anti-Semitism. And mm-hmm. I make jokes about anti-Semitism all the time. And I make jokes about Jews all the time. But like at the end of at my core, like I'm I loved being Jewish. You're a proud and, Jew. Like, a lot yeah. of the intentions are good. And exactly. And so, like, and so um at the end of the day, like you never really know what you're setting yourself up for when you're putting yourself in a marriage or position in a relationship with mm-hmm. people who aren't Jewish. You just don't know what their thoughts are, where they're coming from, or whatever. And um, and so I, yeah, I, I think I'm I'm ultimately happy to be out of a situation where like I felt like I don't know what these if these people have my back. I don't, you know, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on here. So um, <clears throat> so yeah. And another thing that we talk about in this podcast, because a lot of times we interview people that have big like social media platforms similar to yourself, is have you dealt with anti-Semitic comments on videos of yours on social media and how do you deal with them? Um, I, I, I think I ignore them mostly. Um, I think at this point, like I've just gotten so many like shit talking comments for everything in every way. Like I post videos every day. So it's like, whether it's, they don't like me cause I'm Jewish or they just don't like me. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it still hurts. And, uh, and so I think, I think, uh, I think I've just gotten really good at like, you know, ignoring it or like writing a sarcastic comment back, but mostly right. just ignoring it because like, you don't want to give these people any attention at all. And yeah, because like, that's what they want. That's the worst part. Yeah. Would it, you ever, hard. like, post a comment and say, like, this is the disgusting, like, behavior people send? Like, anti-Semitism is real or anything like that? I'm sure I did in the beginning. Um, yeah, I think you and I were actually probably talking about this somewhere. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure, like, my first six months on TikTok, I was like, whoa, like, people are really terrible people. Um, yeah. That's and, where we experience the most, by the way, platform wise, I think so. Oh, totally, totally. But I think like, it's like, I, I think I kind of got to a point where I was just like, I can't let these bother. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of people hate Jews and, uh, and that's just the way the world is. And, um, and, and, uh, and, and it's not going to stop me from 
from, you know, saying how, how much, how proud I am to be Jewish or, 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 you know, speaking about our culture and religion, you know, so I just have to be like, okay, all right, you're Mm -hmm. an awful person and it's not going to change the course of my day. Yeah. I think that's a, you know, that's and then really quick in regards to like issues or anti-Semitism in the world, do you feel inclined to like share it or are you kind of just like, you know what, I, I need to take a step away from this. I, I think I think probably in the beginning I was more tempted. I don't think I ever actually did share like look at how anti-Semitic this piece of crap you know crap is. But mm-hmm. but uh, but or I think like even I, the Kanye thing, for example, like is that yeah yeah. I, I don't I don't let it like I shared like the um, I think I, I forgot Schumer. I think Schumer posted something. Yeah 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 yeah. I know you're. I shared to. that. You know I'll do stuff like that. But like I don't know. It's like it's like it, it, it's. It's a tough battle. So yeah. it's, a battle, it's a battle that will consume your whole life if you let it. And yeah. I'd rather just try to live a happy life, to be honest, and not. Good for you. And you definitely keep a happy mentality for the Jews. And we all appreciate that. We all need oh, a laugh. Thank you. So. No, yeah. I mean, I, I love being Jewish. And um, and it means it means really the world to me. It's Do like, you? Really? We didn't get that from this interview. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, wait, so we talked a little bit about earlier like when you make bits about other people, but have you ever, has anyone ever made a bit about you that you like found out about after the fact and like, maybe what was it or how did you feel about it? Well, that, that's the thing. I'm, I, I make, I'm very admittedly like I can dish it, but I can't take it. Um, <laughs> and, and I, I, it's just impossible not to admit that. No, but, but I feel I'm just like so sensitive. Like I can't even like, I'm writing jokes about how like it's hard for me to listen to my ex talk about like past guys. Like I can't like, Mm -hmm. like admittedly it just hurts. And like, I tell her that and I write jokes about how it hurts. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I'm oddly very sensitive and, um, and, uh, and, and so, yeah, no, not necessarily about me. Um, but definitely like like I would hate like like everything I say about my girlfriend on stage I kind of say coming from a place of being self-deprecating and not to like shit on her but just like kind of whatever but Mm -hmm. if she like went at me I'm sure it would hurt um yeah uh but but uh but yeah no thankfully we haven't gotten there yet but no i don't think i've heard people do bits about me but i've heard people do bits about me like joe list my friend joe list does a bit oh, about yeah. me. but it's like it's you know joe well i just, i love stand up so i consume a lot of it oh okay cool, cool, cool. um but but joe <laughs> like he, he does a bit but it's like complimenting me so i'm like yeah um you're all so- for it you're like i'm down yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, you know, I'm sure like I've been, I'm sure I've been the butt of people's jokes before also. I mean, like, it's fine. Like it is what mm-hmm. it is. No, I'm not going to get, I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I don't really like, just respect me. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to, uh, you don't have to like me. I don't have to be your cup of tea, but like, as long as you show me respect, like, like For sure. that's all, that's all I want. So. Mm-hmm. so. And then just in regards to advice, for anyone listening who maybe wants to date a comedian, what advice do you have for them? What's like the best thing you could tell them? Like chill, don't take the joke too serious. Um, don't uh, date us. I think, yeah, I, I think it's bad news. I think um, <laughs> I definitely would not recommend dating me. Like, in fact, I, I 
like my first, my first like few years of date, like my first, like, let's say, I don't know, like teen years and early twenties. I, I, I kind of had this approach where I tried to convince every girl I was interested in why it's a great idea to date me. And then as I got to know myself a little more, I was trying to talk people out of it. And that seemed to make people want to date me more. So it was having like the reverse effect. Like it was like all f- screwed up. Girls like, girls like to date broken guys because we feel like we can fix them. No, but is that a you thing as a comedian or is that a you thing as like Eric? I think that's a you thing. I think that's more me, probably. But like, like if someone's trying to date someone who's doing stand-up every night and is probably going to make jokes about them, like what would you tell them? And have a very busy schedule. Well, that's what I was actually just going to say, um, Marla. I was about to say like that's probably the harder part about it. Like, mm-hmm. Right. It's like, like you – I'm now at a place in my career where thankfully I could be like I'm taking two nights off. Like, Right. And it's not as unpredictable for you now, but like maybe someone just starting out, it's like, okay, you need to have patience. You need to be okay with them bombing every night. You need to be like, it's similar to dating someone who's in med school, how busy they are. It is like, but Marla's had that experience. That's why she just shout out med school guy. Um, We're really sorry about him. I knew it wasn't a hypothetical. Yeah, it wasn't. Welcome to. Welcome to both of your therapy sessions. Like in the relationship, I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Libby's like every week Libby's updates are like, no, Jack I hate and I it. did this, Jack and I did this. And I'm like, well, another guy ghosted me. So uh that's okay. like that's what we have, like her single, me cuffed. Here's my here's my advice. Here's my single is a great place to be. I, I swear to like I oh, literally like I, I know, I know like I know it is a hard place to be sometimes, like because I've I, most of my life still essentially I was single. I mean, I had six years with a girlfriend and now, I mean, basically out of the 35 years, six of them were in a relationship. But and six is a long time. Six is a long time. But when you've lived, I mean, there are people who had three-year boyfriends, three-year boyfriends, two-year right. boyfriends, one-year right. boyfriends. Like I had six years and then 29 completely single pretty much. Right. So like it's, there's a loneliness to it. There's a anxiety to it. Like when am I going to meet someone great and whatever, there's all that. But it is a hundred times better than being in the wrong thing. And that is, and that, and there's no question about it. And so that's why I kind of forcefully like willed my way to stay single until Until I was right. right. This is worth it. This is worth it. And Mm -hmm. I I know, and I know it could have easily, if I didn't meet her, been another four years until I felt that, you know? But you know what? That's great because you weren't going to let yourself get into something bad. Like I know even with some of my friends, it's like, you know, yes, people might be like, okay, they moved from this person to this person to this person. It's like, okay, well, they didn't stay when the going got tough. And what are they going to do? Like sit there sad? Like they have to move on. Like I was very big on that. So I, I think that's super important what you just said. I, th- I think we all ideally, like, I don't think there's a person out there who truly enjoys, like, going from person to person. Mm-hmm. I think just that. But there's a judgment to it, I think. Yeah, there is a judgment to it. it. No, but no. I, don't think, I don't think it should be. I think it's good. It, especially if it's short. It's like if the going gets tough or something goes wrong, like, you don't stick around for the bad. Because there's people who stick around because it's just like. Yeah. It's way better than being stuck in something for years that's unhealthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and 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 look, we all go into something thinking like, okay, this could be it. And and 99.9% of the time we're wrong. And mm-hmm. so and so because well, you're only supposed to find one person. So they can't well, all be 
Of course. And, and, and we all think in initially, you know, you feel this connection, they feel the connection. It's like obvious mm-hmm. actuation. You're like, okay, this is a very good shot of turning into love and turning into a long-term happiness or whatever. And like, and 99% of the time, that's just not going to happen. So it's mm-hmm. like, because one person doesn't feel it or the other person feel it, or they both feel it, but they actually are not compatible deep down and whatever. And there's religious stuff or there's race mm-hmm. stuff or there's, you know, baggage stuff or whatever, like different cities, people have to, there's so many factors, right? Like for why things don't work out. And in order for them to work out, really almost everything has to hit. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why it's so hard. But like, more like, you know, I like, I just think you're in a good place. Honestly, I think, I I think you- She also just moved to LA, by the way. She's in a very good place. You are in a good place. uh, She has a new roster. Oh, hell yeah. You're starting from scratch. You're building the team. Yeah. That's New it. York guys for the last five years didn't do it for me. So now we'll She's queen of nicknames. So that's well, why we say med school guy and whatever. So. Yeah. Nice. Big circular wow. dater. So. What? I said I'm a big circular dater. What does that mean? Like, like going on first, second, and like going on multiple dates at the same time. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Some people, right. Cause some people are like, let me see it through with this guy. And it's, mm. and it works. No, it yeah. I feel, I feel like after a certain number of dates, I would probably stick to one, but I feel like when it's within the first like four dates, like I could have a first date and then like a second date the same yeah, week, yeah. Or, like with someone, I, you know what I mean? And I feel like with dating apps, with dating apps, I feel like that's way more common now where it's like yeah. Monday, this guy, Tuesday, that guy, Thursday, that guy. And then like, once you start going on enough dates with one, maybe you kind of ghost the others and yeah. Whatever. Oh no, we don't ghost. Right. Well, well, not ghost, not ghost. Oh, no. Marla, Marla uses a very good app on the phone. It's called Notes, and she sends very strategic yes, text messages. I have the very specific rejection text that yeah, I, I always that's send. great. I think that I, I think ghosting is absolutely lame, and yeah. any any person who thinks Eric, it's like don't a, lie, you ghost, don't lie, you ghosted, crazy. I actually, ghosted. I actually don't. What is Eric? Ghost? You're a bad texter. I, I ghost fine. You suck at texting. No, I'm really bad. But but what does ghosting mean? It means like you never like you don't just, answer. I think ghosting would be they follow like they message you and then you they don't follow answer. up and you don't answer. Okay, no, no, I wouldn't do that. I would be like sorry, like my schedule is really busy or something like that. Like it wouldn't like it wouldn't be <laughs> it, it wouldn't be like. I'm not saying I'd be as direct and be like I didn't feel anything. This is like sorry you got lost in my DM. <laughs> Sorry, I was at the comedy cellar. No, sorry, I was on the Fallon show, even though that was like months ago. Sorry, I'm I'm in med school. I'm really busy. I, uh... <laughs> okay, we're gonna play a game with you. It's called Bit or Bomb. Okay. So, really quick, would you make it into a bit or would you let it go? Okay. AKA Bit or Bomb. All right. She tells you right off the bat that she never wants to be part of your routine. Bit or Bomb. I talk about bit that. Means in. Bomb means out. Like you would turn it into a bit or bomb. He tells you right away she never wants to be part of your routine. So bomb means I wouldn't date her. Yeah. Never wants to be part of my routine, bomb. Okay. Five dates in and she still never offered to split the check. Bomb. She's also a stand-up comic. Hey, hey, hey. Nudge, nudge. Usually bit, but usually bomb, but in this case, <laughs> bit, so I guess. Um, she drops... A drink on you on the first date and it looks like you pissed yourself and then she ghosts you well i'd be more mad about the go the ghosting would be the, the the i wouldn't mind so much the spilling the drink but the ghosting is a bomb 
But would you make it into a bit? Oh, yeah, a bit, yeah. <laughs> she tells you you're the first dude she's ever dated. Bitter bomb. Bit. She has a history of dating stand-up comics. Bomb. Complete bomb. Complete bomb. Oh, my you God. Met at, you met at camp, and she said no to a Shabbos walk, but years later, she's like, oh, my God, I saw your comedy video. We should totally hang out. Bit. Okay. Okay. I like, I like, uh, there was a time in my life where I went through my old yearbook and tried, and I went to go back. And you DM'd everyone. I went to go back for all the girls I couldn't get in high school. Yeah. Oh, I got oh my God. Got most of them. You were like the definition of like comedy, <laughs> like literally. Okay. And so why don't you just let everyone else know where they can find you if you have any last words to share with our audience? Um, any last dating pieces of advice? I would say just just seriously be single until it's completely right. Honestly, that's and I know sometimes it's easier said than done. And I myself have gone through a million different like trials and tribulations to figure that out. I'm sorry if you were one of Eric's victims and you were listening. <laughs> if I if I as a 35 year old can save people any amount of time, I would just say like if you're having hesitancy about it really like internalize that and try to figure out why. And it mm -hmm. probably has, and it doesn't really actually matter why, like if it's not right, it's not right. If you're feeling that gut feeling of just like, this is not the thing for me, mm -hmm. don't stay in it for two years. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's a waste of time. There's no reason to do that. So, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really not, I, I know it sounds so cliche and, and I fought against this. No, it's, it's true. You're right. When it's right, it's right. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's, there's nothing else to say about it. You know? Hundo right. P. And where can people find you on their socials? Uh, yeah. Instagram and TikTok are now uh, a uniform um, username. At I'm Eric Newman. I-M-E-R-I-C-N-E-U-M-A-N-N. -E -N. And where can they find the Chosen Festival? Oh, yeah. December 14th, Miami. I think it's going to be like four or 5,000 people. Um, I mean, the New York one was huge. Yeah, it's going to be that size, I think. I'm super excited to be part of it. And uh, Chosen Comedy Festival, Miami, December 14th. I hope you guys come. And Marla, what were you about to say? Oh, I, we always ask all of our guests, but I'm going to ask you to make this a short answer because we have a minute left. What is your definition of a schmuck boy? Schmuck boy? Um, someone who doesn't see the value in a, um, in a wonderful uh, co-host. <laughs> I love that. Okay. All Thank right. you, Eric. Um, that's a schmuck boy. Anybody who doesn't see your value, Marla, is a schmuck boy. Okay. Perfect. I'm gonna I'm just gonna clip that and yeah. then I'm gonna send it. Frame it. Send it, it. <laughs> send it to any man. I'm gonna send it to the guy if, who I'm really. No, no, that's your you new rejection text. Well, I is love Eric that. saying that? You don't see the value of me. You're a no, schmuck. No, no, no. Say it. If you don't see the value in Marla, You're go a away. Boy. Okay, okay. Got you. Bye guys. You're just a smug boy You're just a smug boy That's not enough, boy Don't need another, another smug boy Cause you're just a smug boy You're just a